lot of the marketing pitches we see is what I people talk of greenwashing. We talk of green exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, that could be the headline for this uh, discussion. We need the VCs and the financing industry to also understand deep impact, right? In a positive way, not not the movie Deep Impact. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that was a movie. Yes. <laughs> Good morning and uh, welcome to the Stream podcast with Will and Tom on the road, our very first edition. We are breaking free from the uh, restraints of Zoom and we are here in person at the uh, Water Energy Exchange in Valencia, otherwise known as WEX. My name is Tom Freiburg. I'm a content director and environmental journalist in water. Um, and I'm Will Sarney, a water strategy consultant doing my part to solve wicked water problems. And we are pleased to kickstart this mini season with uh, Sanmet Ahuja, who is the Chief Executive of Impact IRR. Sanmet, great to see you and uh, welcome to the first uh, the stream on the road. Thank you. Thank you, Tom and Will. And uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here at the WEX conference on and uh, uh, very interesting debate, very interesting subject, water, but I guess we'll get into it in a minute. <laughs> we'll try our best. We will dive in, yes. <laughs> Addressing the topic of water with dry humor. Oh, they should not let us out of Zoom, you know. <laughs> this will be the first and the last event we're allowed to do this at, you realize, right? Right, right. Anyway, so, um, Simon, you've been on a couple of panels here with kind of investors and around finance. Just as a way of kind of introduction, tell us kind of what perspective you provided on that, that, that finance panel yesterday to get going. Uh, much like the word infrastructure, finance is a very, very broad spectrum and uh, there are facets and uh, many institutions and segments within the industry. <laughs> but at, um, at WEX, we're focusing on uh, two very interesting subjects. How do you finance innovation and um, how do you finance mega projects? Um, um, our take or my take on this is particularly if you are a technology company. Is there a global tailwind on environment and sustainability? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you catch that tailwind is, uh, is the harder part. Right? Um, so, so yes, the overall environment is very, very conducive. A rising tide raises all ships. Uh, but will it translate into us making the world uh, a cleaner place to live? Uh, remains to be seen simply because a lot of the companies kind of get lost in the hype and the focus becomes raising money, giving mm. money, and not the impact that you set out to deliver in the first place. So that's that's really why why I'm here to give those perspectives. Uh, happy to delve into detail, detail, greater detail in a minute. There's been some pretty relentless amount of headlines of companies raising VC money recently, right? All the way up to figures of uh, 100 million to, to smaller amounts. But we had a really sort of interesting conversation on the way here. In fact, I think that's the beauty of WEX is you get thrown in together to this environment from taxi journeys to hotels. 
but it, during the conversation, we're, we're sort of saying what you do is you tend to look almost reverse engineer it. You look at the, the business model, you look at the market, you look at the regulation of the stakeholders involved, and then look at whether that that innovation is going to be a good fit as opposed to kind of other investment models that are putting money into the innovation and hoping it will stick or it will gain market entry. I think that, that's kind of an interesting angle of, of where you look at this. So it's, it's like a telescope, uh, Tom. So if you look at the absolute fag end, which is uh, the problem end, which what we're trying to solve, whether it's water scarcity or is it uh, greenhouse gas emissions, reducing them, um, people sitting at the coal face would look at what's the policy, what's the regulatory environment, um, what's the technological breakthrough coming, how do you find answer and who, who finds it, right? That's a, uh, the biggest question at, at all the COP26 and now 27 meeting. Um, the, the historical emissions, the historical pollutions, which people kind of tend to write off as, hey, water under the bridge, let's look ahead. But it's not water under the bridge because a lot of damage has been done. Mm. Right? So you've got to, much like a human body, you've got to first fix that body. Mm-hmm. Right, um, so we say, okay, how do you restore uh, the, the environment? How do you maintain that environment, and then how do you rejuvenate that environment? Right, that's how we kind of look. So, uh, in in solving and delivering a solution, it's a sum total of policy, uh, economic models, new business models, new financing strategies, new technologies. Come all the way to the other end, you've got a technology company that says, look, well, we're great in, great in circular economy and I can recover this much gas from the water or this much resource from the water. Um, and, and a lot of the marketing pitches we see is what I people talk of greenwashing. We talk of green exaggeration. Uh, uh, That's pretty accurate. Yeah, that could be the headline right. for this uh, discussion. Uh, <laughs> right? And... and uh, <laughs> You know, technology company says we're doing this, and we're going to solve the world's problems. Right. right. Yes, you are a cog in the wheel. You are not the cog in the wheel. Right. <laughs> and 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 that's where the machinery breaks down. Right. So so I think uh, what we realize in my twenty-year journey on economic development, we realize is. We need new management cadre coming out, which is very multidisciplinary. Um, that's what it's beginning to emerge in the in the management consulting world. It says, oh, we tell you and teach you sustainability, and now at least there's a chief sustainability officer. I don't know what they do yet, but uh, there is one in, in, uh, in most organizations. Still uh, work in progress, uh, yeah. But look, it's a good start. But I think it's the, it's the boardroom that needs to understand that sustainability has got to go into your DNA and you can't just greenwash it and you can't put a plaster on it and, and changing DNA is not easy. So, um, um, so yeah, we sit at the, at absolutely at the, at the problem end and then try and bring the best-in-class solutions in each of those segments and, and stitch them up together. So uh, hopefully a lot more of us will start to emerge and, and uh, <coughs> well, we were talking about you know, you've got to have faith in humanity. You've got to back yourself up. Right. right. 
time and time again, we've gone through adversities and we've, we've come out of it. But, uh, you know, COVID is a classic case in point. Sure. Normally takes 10 years for any drug or vaccine to, to get through. And, you know, people pull together. And we got a vaccine out in nine months. So why, why the question is, if there is that capacity in the system to get a vaccine out in nine months, right, why in normal times does it take 10 years, right? The, yeah, the, the lack of urgency. Right? And, and, and the same, same is true for climate change. So we are one world event away, hopefully we don't get it, from that urgency to kick in. So we're trying to push and accelerate this kind of message that interdisciplinarity, multidisciplinarity is the new <coughs> management construct mm-hmm. to deliver on environment and sustainability. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because you mentioned during, during, you think during COVID, how much new regulation was passed, the ability to act, governments accessing pools of money to make things happen. Things happen so quickly within the, the space of 18 months, and yet you think climate change is an existential threat. And yet, we're, we're, we, we sometimes joke about the setting of 2050 targets. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 a do, it's very dark humor that, you know, the private sector in part is driven by pledges and commitments that are so far out that. It, it's, it truly is kicking the can down the road. It is, you know, sure, I'll make a pledge for 2050, and the reality is that, you know, you just sort of plot along along the status quo trajectory. It, you brought a couple, of, a couple of things that are really interesting that resonate. One is the reverse engineering piece. I mean, you know, what, what I see and I know others see is that it's, it's really a hammer looking for a nail. You know, it's the, I have a solution, and then I'm going to go speak to a customer. Well, speak to the customer, whether it's the public sector or private sector, and then figure out what the solution should be, whether it's an innovative business model or technology or, you know, a a roll-up of technologies, you know. Right, so in, in some ways, when I listen to you, it sounds like you're sort of running an idea lab, which is the, these are the wicked problems now let's go find the pieces and put them together or create something new. And I believe that's where we need to go as opposed to, you know, the water technology hubs and accelerators that you see that are, you know, really smart people, really innovative technologies, but they can't really connect to a customer base to scale as quickly as we need them to scale. So I like the telescope image. Um, and uh, just to add on that point, um, I was telling somebody that there is all the tech in the world, and frankly, there's all the money in the world. <laughs> the now, uh, how do you find that tech, right? Um, you don't go find it in, you know, capitals, the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. <laughs> analogy. Well, you go find them in research labs, five hours out of Tokyo or three hours out of Auckland um, because every country is facing water, energy, food crisis, right? There's innovation happening globally. And and you look at innovation, same innovation in one part of the world, you know, tens of millions have been spent and the same innovation in another part of the world with 
you know, 100,000, 200,000 spent in exactly doing the same thing. Right? And uh, so there's a lot of wastage and there's a lot of redundancy. Um, getting technology out into, into the world uh, and what I see quite often and also, also at WEX that a lot of the companies say, uh, we, we come from a big developed country and uh, our market is EU or our, our market is US and North America. Then that's not solving the world's problems, right? No, it's that's, that's solving a very local problem. And and where's demand, consumption demand, going to come? It's going to come in India and China and Africa and the Latin America and Southeast Asia. And we don't want them to make the same mistakes that we made, mm -hmm. right? In, in the developed world. So why don't we get that technology out there? But the rate of what I call technology diffusion is abysmal. <laughs> and it's abysmal because um, <clears throat> innovation rate has gone, through, you know, accelerated, but diffusion rate has actually slowed down because we're now um, trying to solve, uh, like Tom said, existential problems where you have to develop engineered solutions for nature and climate, and they don't normally sit in the same camp, right? right. Um, and um, there's policy, there's regulation. So you can't have throw bricks and mortar and electromechanical monstrosities at, at nature and climate. Um, uh, <clears throat> but if we have to get people to consume in a sustainable manner, um, we also have to look at or design, embed in, in our technology marketing design that yes, we are developing a technology for the world, which means your commercial models will be diametrically opposite, mm -hmm. right? And and that's what a lot of the uh, the commercial officers and the CFOs of technology companies are not getting. And, and it's our duty to kind of uh, educate them that, look, if you're developing a technology, you're doing so in a regulatory construct where the so-called market, and so in the case of water, let's say, per cubic meter tariff availability or a gate fee availability is, is pretty well defined. Uh, I was talking to somebody, they said, look, even within EU, there's a uh, price disparity of one euro 50 to a cubic meter to 10 euros a cubic meter. But go to Africa, you'll be lucky to get 20 cents mm -hmm. a cubic meter. Now, now right. you, you've developed your commercial offering on, on uh, one euro 50 or two euros a cubic meter. Right. Now right. you now all of a sudden asked to reduce that by 90%. Well, you're, right? you're not relevant for the market. You're not yeah. relevant for the market. The technology is, your commercial model it, isn't, it, right? And that's where, you know, what I call green exaggeration that people are saying we're solving the world's problems. No, you're not solving the world's problems because you are, you are just solving a problem to, to make your investors happy. Your, your venture capitalists have, right, right, right. right? Because they're saying, well, forget, forget those countries, let's go to the premium market segment. Right, right. which, it, it, yeah, we see that in the U.S. It's, you know, how many startups from other parts of the world look at the U.S. market and it's, you know, that's where we need to be, that's where our investors want us to be, and it, it turns out it's a lot more problematic than, you know, the investors thought or the, the, the tech leaders thought. So I, I was gonna ask you, um, how much of the diffusion challenge and, and the slowing is how we fund startups? 
because you know we were talking about uh, you know everyone wants to be a unicorn, of course. Well, of course, because they're driven by VCs that see that as the holy grail, essentially. Right, right. So, it, it, is that a big part of the problem that you see? And if so, how do we change that? How do we break that apart? Um, it's it, it it really depends on. Um, what your fundamental vision is? Are you are you developing that technology because you're just catching that tailwind, mm-hmm. or you're developing that technology whether it's tailwind or headwinds? I've got to go in that direction, which means I've got to solve the climate problem. And if you're just catching the tailwind, your entire journey is from Series A to Series B to Series D, right? That's it. Right, uh, and all your decisions—that's the strategy, right? right? <laughs> well, go yeah. through the motions, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and um, and I see a lot of the companies now sticking just digital for the sake of sticking, you know, mm-hmm. um, because well, dig- you know, water is not delivered digitally. Right, someone's got to you know put a pipe in and, and, and deliver <laughs> that water. It's not going to happen digitally. You can understand it digitally, whether it's being delivered or not. And, um, so, so you're seeing a lot of innovation coming through in the digital part of the segment, but coming to market, but not a lot of innovation coming to market in the actual physical engineering world, right? So, so part of the problem is, are we trying to solve the problem or are we just trying to raise money? So, so, so long as we are very clear in our conscience, you know, I've, I, I have no problems with anyone because eventually water flows downhill, good technologies that deliver will flow downhill, will reach the market, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and our, collectively, our goal is to make the path clear uh, or, or smoother for those type of technologies. It's a very simple litmus test. You, you apply, uh, like I said, you know, are you ready? So we have a technology readiness level scoring methodology. It's mm-hmm. commercialization readiness scoring methodology. And, and we've added another layer on top, which is are you impact ready as well? Are you able to create more jobs, more livelihoods, right? right. Uh, you know, are, you, are you helping better governance in, 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 uh, according to the ESG principles? So, uh, so again, you know, moving companies away from greenwashing to actually trying to embrace and embrace sustainability in their DNA, um, that's a very simple litmus test. So you ask the companies, well, will you go to uh, South Africa? Uh, no, right? Or you ask another company, will you go to South Africa? Absolutely, mate. We will go anywhere. You know, we don't know how, how to get there, but if you can help us, we will. And that's that's the answer, right? So how do you right. uh, how do you test, you know, or separate people who, who are just gonna make money or focus on making money to people who are gonna actually solve the problem? So and, yeah. and quantifying impact, that's so important. I mean, there was a lot of chatter about that, but really very few uh, you know, investment funds really, really focus on quantifying impact. I mean, we we get that question all the time, which and, and all, many times from NGOs, which is how are you going to quantify impact? And you know, it's it's not just that you made an investment in a technology company that says they're delivering impact. It is what are the KPIs, and how do you evaluate that on an annual basis to know that you're actually making progress as opposed to, well, we, we said this at the beginning and that's good enough. We, um, we had a conversation last night around um, there's some incredible sort of engineering solutions that perhaps when you get founders, entrepreneurs from academia who really have something that could 
that's proven robust, but actually the ability for them to raise money to scale to turn it into a business is where it falls down. So um, you mentioned in the start about how many billions, of, there's a lot of money being available. So it can be a bit frustrating when you see companies coming up that are doing, you mentioned this huge exaggeration, that have the ability to raise tens and tens <laughs> of millions. And then after a couple of years, we don't tend to hear from them. And you think those that money could have actually scaled a solution that could have generally kind of uh, been a game changer. So, yeah, I think the way you're looking at this, Samba, is, is a really interesting perspective, actually assessing the impact of the solution, actually looking at the market fit, asking the right questions. Um, so, yeah, we, we've really appreciated your, your input here at WEX. Great to, great to meet you and, and wish you the, the best of luck moving forward uh, with your time here in, in Valencia and uh, the rest of the projects you're working on. Appreciate the time. Great. Thank yeah. you, Tom. Thank you. Well, no, it's, been, it's been fascinating to be on, on this discussion. I, I think we ought to have more of these, but there's one message I will, I will uh, give before we kind of leave today is, uh, um, you know, embed sustainability in your DNA. So we, people now talk of deep science, mm. right? We need the VCs and the financing industry to also understand deep impact, right, in a positive way. Not not the movie Deep Impact, but uh, <laughs> oh, no, that was a movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a fascinating, very interesting new genre or or style of management that's that's beginning to emerge, and and it's it's uh, it, it's best learned on the field, right? It's not it's not best learned in the classroom or or in the boardroom. So get out there, try to f solve the problem, and you will find a way out, right? So. Yeah. You know, I, I know we, we're going to wrap up in a minute, but you brought up another interesting point here about sustainability as a strategy, not ESG as a strategy. And we had that discussion uh, earlier in the week that uh, we're really obsessed with ESG reporting and believe that's a strategy and believe that's an impact and embedding sustainability into your business strategy or you know your your uh, economic development strategy is is really where we need to be and in some ways i think we need to take a step back and, and focus on on that piece of the puzzle as opposed to the tail wagging the dog i think that's a that's a good analogy yeah yeah thank so you thank you yeah yeah thanks so much being a first guest on the, the stream on the road, we enjoyed uh, speaking with you. And yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's keep up the conversation. I think that's the main thing, right? Yeah, that's, let's uh, get things done. Yeah. Love it. Great let's stuff. do it. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Will. Great to meet Thanks you. Well. Cheers, Steve. Bye.